Ghostman Horror Host here. Be seated by Kenneth Fennell. The chair had belonged for more than five decades. That I known to uh, whose name, because it would be known to a majority of you, and well known well, notoriously, to the substantial percentage of that majority, shall be hinted at here. If known the person to whom I write, you will understand my circumstances. If you knew him well, you are doubtless thinking I said too much, even in those few words. But I have to wish to have my say. If I am willing to use his full name, I will endeavour to hold back nothing else. I am not afraid of eh? but... What can he do at this point? Kill me? Hardly. He was, as as you will see, fond of me. I never sat in a chair while I was present, nor have I seated myself in it for more than a second, too, since it came into my possession. It was a territory alone for the carved clawed feet at the basis of its sturdy gently curving legs to deliver poultry, the seat and back to the broad armrest upon which uh, never chose to rest his arms. No one among his guests ever saw him place a fingertip upon the armrest. Perhaps he did so when he was alone, but when there was someone present, kept his hands in constant motion, gesturing, finger-potting, clapping his palms together for emphasis, not applause. None of us who knew him could imagine ever receiving his applause, never resting, never setting so much as an instant upon the armrests. Those in attendance him, though gave the armrests of their own, lesser chairs of our cups. He held on tight, we held on tight. Once the Friday evening show began, once a woman of my acquaintance drawn to Psycho of our own interest, for love of these, to so invited to join one Friday evening salons of everyone, someone ever, and me. Salon was a word to the gathering who have attended, and those who have only heard rumours, gossip rumours, had other names for them. I never found out my acquaintance had a word for that she witnessed that Friday night. She was enabled from the moment that began the incarnations, a place so large a part in the evenings. I watched my acquaintance grab the elbows of a chair. Her knuckles grew white with the force of her grip. Her shoulders shook as she sought to hold on harder and harder, as though she felt the relaxing hands when even Iota would result in her being ripped from the chair, which she sat and flung from it, from the chair, from the room, perhaps to the very world itself. She would not let go of the armrest, not even after her, had completed the evening rituals and dark references that accomplished them and descended from the point high above the table to which his chair had floated. He watched the rest of the guests with a mixture of amusement and annoyance, he had gathered around my acquaintance and endeavoured to pry her fingers loose from the chair, arms of the chair, an exercise that took several minutes and came close to removing all the news, from us, Demore. 
When we finally got her hands free and lifted her from the chair, her clothing, her sleep, blouse and cotton sacks were sodden with sweat. Her eyes remained open and unblinking. Focused on it, she continued to stare at him until he lifted her and carried her from the room. My acquaintance never spoke again. What she saw, and this and is to this day residing in a home for the mentally disabled. She developed her ability to work with wicker. We were weaving the seats and seat backs of chairs, but though, but only those lacking armrests. When I, why did I tend the saloons? Why, after the first one, after I knew what took place in present, I could. I did continue. What I did, I continue to tend to sit with the others in obstinance to any seventies. I knew what he was. Why did I continue to go to him? I even I have asked myself these questions numerous, countless times, always on my way to a gathering of the saloon of the soul. And more intensely afterwards, the questions were rarely far from the faults at times between the saddles. But only recently have I settled upon an answer I found, found acceptable. It's most, more far, but more satisfactory. Why did I assume I was given any choice? How many sons had I attended over the years? Well, was in the res, res, in, uh, in residence in our community. I could only answer that question with the relative ease. I kept a detailed daybook of my appointments, suspenses, activities, events, occasions, dances, diversions. Fewer of those than my reputation would ever seem to promise. I would go through the pages of my daybooks, one by one, one of each year to the past half century. I could tally the salons. I could arrive at a number. I wouldn't. I wouldn't for. I am already in possession of a better answer, a more accurate one. I never missed one of Sullivan's, but not once in fifty years did he host a gathering at which I was not present. No one else could boast such a total, such a display, a demonstration of devotion, the total number, the tally of my appendant appearance. Look, one, looking back, I did not see how there was a... There was only one son, a single Friday night gathering. It never ended till I left our community and abandoned our communion. And he gave us no warning, no hint, no temptation that he would would be leaving us. Why should he have? Did it, did any of us really think of such hope he might show us? For whom he held such cruel contempt for any any smaller cruelty? See? Of course not. He was with us, and he was, then he was not. We discovered his absence on Friday night, of course. There was no new guests in attendance. Only the seven of the, the us who had been members of the saloon since the beginning. As of as our custom, we waited on the broadstone patio and ran into the entrance of the left of the left wing. At home, he waited when he was he had waited there every. Friday until we all gathered. Presences were exchanged and the same pleasantries as were exchanged every Friday, which I now now see are always the same Friday. The princes touched upon the weather we waited outside 
even on the most inclement of winter evenings, a better to be warmed up at a great fire in teeth. A greater stagecraft emanated from him, his chair, and the passing of the seasons. Now untouched by their passing, we all seemed to be. We were un- we were untouched fifty years of the same Friday evening, as though not one not one instant had elapsed since our ride. We all knew why, but none of us said so. We even skirted, skirted the broaching of the subject. We could not look at each other to see what we had were not aged. None of us were willing to show the others a close enough a sharp enough gaze to let on that we also knew where our aging had gone, in whom it had now dwelled. When it was all got, we were when we all in attendance entered the house. We all knew immediately that it was the last. Would be different. Would be different Friday night. There's no long table, no sideboard spread with delicacies, wines and liqueurs, coffees and teas. Ah, always. Said Vanderful, we pass. I was really hungry before the Monday following a Friday night sun. There was no fire on the heath, although the evening was chill with for December. There was no chair with its great carved claw feet, although all the furniture remained in the room in which the sun had died. There was no... We waited for half, half an hour before daring to leave the great room with its floor. The first time, the rest of the home, none of us believed it. None of us, I believe, was searching for it. We had no expectations of finding him slumped at a desk or disabled in bed or bar. We knew that he was gone. We found nothing. The other rooms were completely empty, gave no evidence of having ever been furnished or inhabited. There was no dust anywhere, no cobwebs, nothing. If if, if it followed the news, even tenderly, you are aware that a letter arrived at the local police department the following morning, carefully beauty handwritten. I had no doubt it was written with a quill pen, but also no doubt the pen was dipped in ink, not blood, as many would of as, as of the sensational news stories, and virtually all the local gossip replied. The letter confessed boasted in its word, and all the letter others that had been A would be used to certain Long's unsolved murders and disappearances, providing details. It could only be known to the person who committed the crime. There was no doubt the killer had written a letter, but there was no doubt that the killer could could have written a letter for more than some friendships had taken place. More than a century in the bar, not a letter was signed. No doubt the killer would have written the letter, but sometimes crimes could take place. In a century, the letter was signed in the fateful Farish A. There was another letter one the authorities knew nothing of, arrived along with an immense packing crate up by the day uh, where my home on the first Friday after A departed. This letter was beauty handwritten, though far briefer than the one the police had received. This one had no crimes to be counted for for at least none of these would have any interest or understanding of it. A letter read, I have felt a time for desire, for change of venue. As is my nature, I decided to act upon my desires. We will not meet again and suspect you already know. 
but in my absence I wish you to have this not 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 small token of my affection esteem for you my lord's lord's loyal and failing of attendance eh? a paper and crate contain a chair of course I knew that that without opening and I did not in fact I opened the crate for nearly three weeks before signing for its delivery after signing for its delivery once I had opened the gate great I started to find some perf- how perfectly the trip fit into my parlour. I seemed larger than a home and the great room and the chair dominated. And in my home it seemed smaller. Only after I sat in it for the first time I realised it was not small at all, but rather was perfectly suited for my own shape and size. For me, I waited another week before sending out another. At the first of my invitations, writing each them carefully in my hand, through with those with a fountain pen, of the seven invitations I sent out, I see six responses in affirma- the affirmation, which did not surprise me. Nor was I surprised that certainly not displeased when my guests concentrated on my fault, more clearly willing to be present before entering my home. Inside my fireplace, I warmed my hands and made no moved to ask them in early there was time sure enough without hesitation or regret i take my seat and resume my place of honour for those i have invited to join my son mm-hmm.